Welcome to Sighs and Whispers, an interview podcast series about cultural history. I'm Laura McGloss-Holmes, a fashion and cultural historian. After a six-month hiatus, Sighs and Whispers is back. This is a shorter interview than usual to ease back into the flow. This week, I'm talking to Rory Trifon, the president of the estate of Richard Bernstein. While I usually speak to the artists or creatives themselves, in Richard's case, that is impossible as he passed away in 2002. You likely know Richard's work for the instantly iconic pop art create covers of Interview Magazine that he did. He created every single cover between 1972 and 1987. Richard's incredibly glamorous eye was also a key part of Grace Jones's visual identity for many years. He created many of her most famous record covers. Rory is Richard's nephew. In a conversation, he provides a short biography of Richard, his artistic career, and the relationship with Andy Warhol. We then speak about what it is like to run an artist's estate, what it entails, and the process of archiving. Rory was instrumental in the creation of a coffee table book about Richard, Star Maker, which was published by Rizzoli in 2018. Rory and I also speak about the inclusion of Richard's work in a new exhibition opening at the Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh next week. Though I dearly wanted to make the opening this weekend, I can't. But I definitely plan on going to the show before it closes on February 20th, 2023. I highly recommend you check it out as well. Called Andy Warhol's Social Network, it focuses on Warhol's network of friends and collaborators. Rory and I had a technical issue, which means that we had to redo the recording. If I sound a little frazzled, it's because I was nervous about further recording problems, and I kind of rushed through it a little bit. Sorry about that. Check out my newsletter, also called Size and Whispers, for weekly fashion and cultural history deep dives. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll definitely enjoy the newsletter. It's at laurakitty.stubstack.com. I usually send out one free newsletter a week and one paid. All financial support of the newsletter allows me the time to write the newsletter, make this podcast, and do my Instagram. So please do consider becoming a paid subscriber. I hope you enjoy this interview. Let me know if you'd like more interviews with archivists and artists' estates. I have a bunch of amazing interviews with creatives coming up that I cannot wait to share. If you're interested in art, magazines, glamour, the 1970s, and archives, I think you'll really love this conversation. Share with your friends, subscribe, and please write a review so that more people can find their way to this podcast. On the website, I've put together a slideshow of images along with some old clips of Richard, so please go check it out while you listen. That's at www.sizewhispers.com. Enjoy. Hello. Hi, Laura. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's nice to uh, meet you finally. It's nice to meet you too. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Yes, of course. Well, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. It's great to see that art, Richard's art, right behind you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so these pills that you can see behind me, Richard did those in the mid-1960s, right after New York. He had moved to Paris and he was doing them with Paloma Picasso. That was his art assistant. And I mean, I really, I love them personally. I think they're so avant-garde and, you know, the neon colors are just outrageous. And yeah, I mean, behind me is, as you can see a photograph. This is Richard here. That's Paloma. That's Twiggy. Um, And just a bunch of other fabulous people in Paris. And this is what the original painting looks like for Interview Magazine. I don't know if you could tell, but it's a little collaged here and gouache. And that's, that's what he, he did. Thank you. 
I would love for you to give a little background on Richard, a little, you know, a short biography of him to introduce him to people who maybe don't know his work and about him. Yeah, absolutely. So Richard showed incredible talent at a very young age. At the age of three, my family would go to the Concord Hotel and he was doing some art classes. The teacher took my grandmother aside and said, listen, you absolutely have to enroll this kid into a school and a program. So she took him to the MoMA. Uh, They had the after school program for gifted children. So Richard was doing that. And then when he graduated, he attended Pratt where he studied under Richard Linder. And then he went on to Columbia to get his MFA. And Richard's first solo exhibition was in New York in 1965. And it was an incredible show. Uh, David Bordon of The Village Voice was an incredibly important art critic, gave him a wonderful review. And he was really close with Andy Warhol. And so he introduced Andy to my uncle. Um, And Andy really admired Richard's work and his coloration and what he was doing with pop and... He also asked Richard to be in one of his movies because Richard was a very handsome man. But even though that had never happened, um, they did end up filming a movie in Richard's apartment, but uh, Richard was not on camera. And so right after that solo exhibition, Richard was invited to a very prestigious group show at the Byron Gallery where Robert Rauschenberg, Saul LeWitt, Andy Warhol all had pieces in there. So it was very prestigious for Richard. Soon after that, Richard went to Paris, where he lived for a few years. He lived on Ile Saint-Louis, and he was making these abstract pills that you see behind me with his art assistant, who happened to be Paloma Picasso. And um, so he was traveling throughout Europe, and um, he had shows in Venice, where Peggy Guggenheim attended, and he had shows in London and Amsterdam. And he was quite successful in Europe, loved it, but he wanted to go back to New York. So in 1968, he moved back and he moved into the Chelsea Hotel. And that's where he lived until he passed in 2002. Very cool. He actually had the grand ballroom of the Chelsea Hotel. It was on the ground floor right behind uh, the desk of Stanley Bard. And the ceilings were, I mean, 20 to 25 foot high ceilings. I mean, it was just like such an incredibly cool place to see and, you know, to watch him work sometimes. It was, it was really an amazing experience. And so coming back to New York, Richard was still exhibiting works and Andy in that time had created Interview Magazine in 1969. But by 1972, Andy wanted to revitalize Interview. What started off as really this Hollywood rag and sort of this way of Andy getting into Hollywood he wanted to create something more impactful and have it really be the zeitgeist of culture and glamour. And to do the covers, he asked Richard to do them because he admired Richard's work and his technique. And, you know, Richard kind of had to straddle that line of Richard's own style and also a little bit of Andy's style together. And Richard did all the covers from 1972 to 1989. He also had a fine art career in between that. Richard was one of the pioneers of digitally created artwork as well. He created the first or one of the first uh, digital portraits in 1983 of David Bowie for his book that came out the following year, Cold Megastar. So yeah, he had an, an amazing, amazing career. So, you know, I'm honored to, you know, talk about it and be here. And you're his nephew, right? 
Yes, that's correct. So we were a close family growing up. And so I really knew him more of an uncle who was an artist versus an artist who was an uncle. And, you know, I thought his work was just absolutely incredible. And I saw his contemporaries having their legacies being perpetuated. And I really felt it was important to do something like that for Richard. I had a career in finance. I had worked in finance for 15 years. It was not satisfying to me, you know, for my soul, at least. And I really thought that it would be a shame to have this art lost in art history. So I saw how important it was for the an heir of an estate and for an artist's estate to really continue the legacy and continue um, their work going forward. So, yeah. Everything that you've done since you've, you know, sort of taken on the role of the estate of running the estate is amazing. The book and the shows that you've helped put together um, and the new show coming up at Warhol, which I'm super excited to hear more about. Yeah, I was just wondering, after he passed away in 2002, what happened with the estate then? And where did everything go? All of the, you know, how much was there? How much is there? And what was the condition? And where did it go? Yeah, uh, great question. So right after Richard had passed, uh, we had gotten a call from the Chelsea Hotel saying that we have to get all this stuff. So we really had to scramble. And we rented a U-Haul, of all things. And we had to get everything out of there very quickly. And we put it into storage. As far as account of things, I mean, it's it's endless. And I'm still discovering things, by the way. So of the interview magazine portraits, we have nearly 70 of them. And then there are other celebrity portraits done in that style, like John Stamos and Donna Karen. And so we have roughly 80 in total of the celebrity portraits. And then we have his works on canvas. We have, you know, hundreds of works on canvas that he created throughout his career. Uh, We had the working photographs. So how the process of Interview Magazine worked was they would interview a celebrity, let's just say it's Raquel Welch. And then a photographer would come in, you know, Albert Watson, Herb Ritz, Matthew Ralston. I mean, just the most incredible photographers of the day would come in and they would photograph the celebrity and then they would give those photographs to Richard and Richard would then crop them and blow them up. And then Richard would airbrush them, use collage, gouache, pencil. Uh, They're really intricate works of art when you see them in person. And that would be the final cover of Interview Magazine. Richard also created the logo of Interview Magazine. He created it in a lipstick uh, kind of style scroll, um, which is interesting. I mean, they changed it since then, but uh, his was the original uh, logo. Yeah, so that was just a little bit about that process. But, you know, we had all those working photographs. It's just slides from behind the scenes of Interview Magazine, those photo shoots. I mean, it's just... Endless, endless amounts of things. I mean, it was really overwhelming and daunting. And, you know, it's taken years to get that organized and, you know, and and figured out. But, you know, it was a learning process because, you know, you have to do things in a certain way. And, you know, it was was certainly a learning process, but a fun one. Yeah. How did you go about learning that after being in finance? How did you approach this huge, huge project? 
Well, funny enough, Google helped a lot. <laughs> um, you know, you could Google, how do I catalog, you know, artwork? You know, I also spoke with some other uh, people who had artist estates and they kind of gave me, you know, a, a good indication of what to do. And, you know, uh, Vincent Fremont also, who worked with Andy Warhol for a long time on Warhol TV and, you know, other projects and ran the foundation for a long time. I had linked up with him pretty early on when I decided that I wanted to do something and he was very generous and, you know, he kind of guided me as far as what to do. So that was very helpful as well, but it, it was still very daunting and overwhelming to juggle both things at once. Yeah. How, how involved were you with the book? I mean, I know that the Padil has wrote it. Um, yes. But how did, you know, how, much, how involved were you with every, all of it? Yeah. So, well, I mean, how it all came about was as I was archiving these works, I came across this beautiful drawing and it was signed Antonio. And I didn't know who that was. And it turned out to be Antonio Lopez. So they wrote a beautiful book on Antonio Lopez. And I always, one of the first goals that I had for the estate was to have a, a kind of coffee table book. I felt like that's like a great first step. Right. So I reached out to them and said, would you guys be interested? So they said, yeah, sure. Come down to our office. So I went to their office in their desk drawer. They pulled out a piece of paper and it was a list of about 15 people that they wanted to do books on. And Richard was number three on the list of people. So it just, you know, it just worked out. And so I gave them full access to the archives and I said, you know, this is the story of Richard. This is who, you know, you may want to consider interviewing. And then they just went from there and interviewed other people. And they did a fabulous job with research and just writing the book and putting it together. I am so happy with how it came out. It's been amazing. It's a really wonderful compendium of everything. I really enjoyed reading it. Yeah, because, you know, for me too, you know, I want Richard, obviously he's best known for doing the covers of Interview Magazine. And he's always going to be inextricably linked with Andy and that respect. But at the same time, his fine art career beforehand, during and after Andy, I think is even more amazing and impactful than Interview Magazine. You know, you look at these pills behind me and, you know, this predates Damien Hurst by 30 years, right? And, you know, his digital work that he was doing since the 80s, you know, we see these NFTs coming about now and how important they are. You know, he was really at the forefront of technology, which I think probably he and Andy, you know, kind of hit on and basis of their relationship. Um, Andy was always looking for new technology, new ways to, you know, automate things for Andy, but also, you know, push the envelope of what art can be. And Richard, the same way, you know, I think it's, you know, I, I think he, his work is amazing. From the book, it really sounded like they had a really like mutually respectful and engaging relationship, you know, Andy genuinely respected Richard's work and liked it and supported him. And it was, you know, it went both ways. Yeah, no, certainly, you know, from Richard's diaries that, you know, we have and the things that he's written about Andy, it's, it was definitely a mutual respect of each other and each other's artwork, you know, and uh, Richard wasn't like a, you know, like a factory kid, you know, who was just hired by Andy. I mean, Andy genuinely respected him as an artist and, you know, Andy, I think throughout Andy's life, um, from the stories that I've heard from other people, was always very generous with helping other artists and giving them an opportunity and a platform and 
he gave Richard this platform to, you know, showcase his art and to kind of spread that out too. So I think Richard was very grateful for that. And yeah, I think they both really, they, they loved each other as people and uh, as artists. And so now you're going to have a show, is, is it at the Warhol Museum start opening in September, right? That's right. Yes. So September 24th is opening of uh, the Warhol Museum exhibition called The Social Network. I'm so proud of this because right before Richard had passed, he was actually writing to the Warhol Museum to do a show and he didn't get it. So for me to be able to do this for Richard, it just means the world to me. So the show is going to focus on Andy Warhol and his social network of commission portraits paying for Warhol TV, Interview Magazine, and all these other ventures that Andy had. And there's going to be an entire floor dedicated to Richard and Richard's career and showing Richard's interview portraits was for the first time, they're going to be shown together at a museum. And also they're going to be showcasing some of Richard's jewel series that he created in the early seventies, where they're going to be showing them in juxtaposition of Andy's, uh, where you can really see where Andy got his, we'll call it inspiration from, which is going to be really interesting. Um, these pills are going to be in there as well along with some of the other pills. They're going to be placed next to Andy's egg series that he did in the 80s. Again, you could kind of see where the inspiration sort of comes from. So, I, you know, I think for Richard, for, for me, I think it's just kind of like his coming out party, if you will. And, uh, you know, really showcasing his true genius and, and talent throughout his career, not just interview. That's so exciting. Um... Yeah, thank you. I hope you can make it to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I really hope I can. Um, I haven't been to that museum in a, over a decade, so I'm, I'm definitely due for a visit. How long will it be up? So it's up until February 20th, and then it is looking like it's going to tour to a few other uh, venues. I, I can't say which ones yet, but that's that's what we're planning on. So that'll be really great to go to multiple cities and for as many people to see it as possible. Because for me, I, it's just, it's a story of Warhol that not a lot of people, you know, really see. No one really talks much about the interview years necessarily. So I think that's exciting for, you know, the Warhol Foundation and the Warhol Museum. But, you know, also for me to, you know, really showcase Richard's art and for him to get his recognition is, you know, it's just, it means the world to me. So this is, this is a dream come true. It definitely sounds like it, you know, as, as, you know, both a family member and the executor of the estate, it must really feel like you're, I don't know, the, not the end of a process, but sort of a, you know, an, a leveling up in a, the process of what you've been doing. Because obviously I hope you can, you know, continue to do much more because it sounds like there's a lot more in the archive beyond just what's in the book and everything and getting it out into different places. What are some other things that you're thinking of doing with the archive or that you'd like to do? So one of the other things that I have been doing is licensing some of Richard's work for fashion. You know, Richard was with the fashion set. I mean, it was all intermingled at that time. And so in 2020, I did a collaboration with Coach, uh, which was really great. And then I did something with Lueve for the Divine Estate. Uh, Richard had done many beautiful paintings of Divine, so we had done that. And so 
some other projects that I'm doing is still continuing to doing fashion, but I'm also coming out with some very um, high-end rugs from Hensel Studio. They do some of the rugs with uh, the Warhol Foundation and Marilyn Minter. So uh, they're going to be starting with uh, Richard's black uh, jello heart that he did in 1969. It's going to be amazing. It's this cutout rug and different pile heights to represent the jello. It's going to be incredible. That sounds, uh, that sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I'm also working with Flavor Paper. Uh, they do wallpapers for, again, the Warhol Foundation and many other artists, but they're doing something for the museum. And uh, we're doing uh, some retail as well for some of the pills and the jewels and some of the other things that Richard did. So so that's coming up on the horizon soon too. So that's going to be cool. Oh, that's really wonderful. From, I guess, the perspective of running an estate, what are, the, what are some of the hardest things about running an estate of, you know, to see Starbucks? Well, I mean, for me, the rejection is a hard thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that this art is, you know, the Richard was the greatest artist as far as I'm concerned <laughs> to, to ever live. Maybe not to ever live, but he's up there, right? So to get a rejection is... You know, it maybe it would be different if he wasn't my uncle, but I take it very personally when when that does happen and it happens and that's fine. But, you know, I think one of the hardest things too is just having the ability to stay relevant and stay out there. I think Andy Warhol Foundation does a tremendous job of collaborating with young new brands and, you know, your state brands too, and just, you know, constantly being out there. And that's what I aspire to have too for Richard is, you know, to constantly be out there, always having the name and the artwork out in the ether. And I I think, you know, my challenge is to come up with more creative ways in the future too of how to do that. You know, one thing that I know that the Warhol Foundation did that I'm doing as well is NFTs because Richard was a pioneer of, you know, this digital space. So, you know, I am in the process of working with a few companies to do something as well uh, for a a big launch of NFTs um, in conjunction with the museum exhibition. So I guess I'll just end with that. You know, I'm just so grateful to the Warhol Museum and very excited that they are going to showcase all of Richard's work. And I do hope that for, you know, museums in the future that they'll also, you know, keep the estate in mind and Richard's work in mind for exhibitions to, you know, showcase. Because like I said, at the beginning of the show, you know, you could look 200 years, you know, from now and look back at this time and look at Richard's covers and everything that he did and really fully understand the zeitgeist of the era and and what it was all about and why people were celebrated as they were. So um, it's incredibly important. And um, yeah, I, I hope, future generations will enjoy it too. I think at least for me, like the first time coming across his covers when I was, I don't know, in my early teens, you know, going through vintage shops and everything, thrift stores, I guess, I was just like, what are these, you know, these amazing creatures on this <laughs> covers? He made, I think of any artist who made people the most beautiful they ever looked, you know, mm. the most glamorous, the most beautiful. You know, and these are beautiful celebrities, but he sort of elevated them to actual gods and goddesses, you know, the ideal of glamour for a lot of people like me is, you know, and the dream, the dream would be to be painted by him, you know, just looking at the, what you've got behind you, you've got Raquel Welsh and Grace Jones, and they're just 
so fantastic. Yeah, I love his work and I'm (laughs) glad that you're getting it out there, you know, and that it's not, you know, that he won't continue to be like a footnote, you know, and which I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't recognize his name. They might've seen some of the work over the years, but won't recognize his name. And I am really glad that you've been putting so much work in to bring him to another generation, to bring him to more people. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate all those kinds of words. And I, I agree with you. I think, you know, to touch on your point that the glamour and, you know, that old Hollywood beauty and that's what he did for every celebrity. And um, yeah, I, I just, I, I want to perpetuate that for future generations because it's, it's fun, you know, it's, and I think we need some fun in our times that we're living in and to look at this and say, okay, let's just take a breather from everything going on and just have a great time. That's what this and pop art was really all about in my mind. Yeah. I'm definitely going through the book last night. I was like, Oh my God, I just wanted to like put on a ton of makeup and go out. <laughs> time. Um, yeah. It really does capture that. You could, well, you can definitely tell that he was having a lot of fun. Um, yes. Yeah, certainly. Thank you so much for this. This has been really wonderful. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad that we connected and, you know, so glad to meet another Richard Bernstein fan. Thanks again for listening to this conversation with Roy Triffin of the Richard Bernstein Estate. On the website, I put together a slideshow, some video clips, and a short bio. Coming up, I have conversation with models, illustrators, collectors, choreographers, and more. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. All episode materials are available at sizewhispers.com. See you next time. Thank you.